Well, you're at home with Jim and Joy, and you are an important part of our EWTN family. And we are delighted mm -hmm. that you have welcomed us into your home. You may be in a nursing home. You may be, we may be in your living room. We may be with you in your kitchen. Wherever you are, we're glad you that we're be, with you. You may be in jail. You, you may, may be, be in, in jail. Right. This is true. So send us an email with a question or a comment to jimandjoy at EWTN.com. Today we have with us <clears throat> Deacon Matthew Halbach. He is an active deacon, an author, a speaker. He's the director of deacon formation for the Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa. He's the father of six children. And he and his beautiful wife, Stacy, have co-founded a ministry called Jump In Catholic Family Ministry. So you could go to his website, jumpincatholic.com. We're going to talk a little bit about that yes. because he's doing so much. We're also going to be discussing a book that he has authored called They Saw Through God's Eyes, an Invitation from Mary and the Saints. And this beautiful book is available at EWTNRC.com. And if you watch <clears> the show on Monday, we talked about some things you might want to do in your Lenten journey. Maybe you want to grow closer to the saints. Maybe you don't, you have a limited understanding of the saints' lives and what they do. Yeah. It's great there's little vignettes of each saint, right? right. Separate saints. And so um, it would be a good reading for you and to that, participate that might in. Be, I'm, I'm using this for the season of Lent, mm -hmm. reading through these saints. But, but maybe the Lord is saying to you, I want you to see through my eyes, not your eyes. Can you look at this person, the situation, can you even look at yourself through my eyes and see what I see? And that would be a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. So this book is really excellent for that. If you missed yesterday's show, I strongly encourage you to watch it. EW10RC forward slash on demand and watch the show because Matthew's testimony was one of the most powerful testimonies I've ever heard. Talk about transparency. Mm -hmm. That was it there. And the greatness of God in the midst of his despairing of life and ready to commit suicide and the Lord really came to him and made himself known to him, revealed himself to him and he is the man that he is today because of the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. May that same blessing be to you, especially those who are troubled. We'll be right back. Plenty more to come. Don't go away. Welcome back. Well, today we have with us again Deacon Matthew Halbeck. He is an active deacon, an author, a speaker. He's the director of deacon formation for the Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa. He's the father of six children, and he and his beautiful wife, Stacy have co-founded a beautiful ministry called Jump In Catholic Family Ministry. You could go to his website, jumpincatholic.com. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, and then we're going to be talking about his book, They Saw Through God's Eyes, an Invitation from Mary and the Saints. And this beautiful book is available at EWTNRC.com. 
So Matt, there you are, the director of formation for the diocese. So you hear and see lots with deacons and mm -hmm. men and their wives and family mm -hmm. life. Then you and Stacy have this ministry, Jumping Catholic. Mm -hmm. So you're out there and you're speaking. And what are some of the challenges that you're seeing out there in church life? I really think it's a great question. I really think, uh, Joy, that the challenges can be summed up in people are struggling to see themselves as God sees them. Mm. And that that's a foundation for our faith. It's foundational to discipleship, to doing any kind of vocation. Uh, we kind of understand who we are as reflected back by God. And what I mean by this is, you know, take for example these, this, these men that are discerning diaconate, which I'm proud to say in our diocese, this is my first year doing deacon direction, and we have 21 guys in the program, which is the largest mm -hmm. number our diocese has had. And uh, the bishop's like, well, how about a concurrent cohort? I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> let's hang on now. I know we're all excited. But th these men, as we interview them and get to know them and their wives and their families, they're all wonderful men. They all have different charisms. But one of the things they all share is just a sense or a missed sense of themselves, which is, well, maybe God's calling me to something, but I don't know if I have a lot to offer. I don't know if I'm special. I don't know, you know. And so, again, it's kind of like you need to see yourself as God sees you. Every one of us is special. Even though, well, I'm just, I'm a farmer. And that's something that Bishop wanted mm -hmm. was more uh, vocations in our rural parishes. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, a farmer says, well, I'm a farmer. What do I know about ministry and preaching and mm -hmm. sacraments and all this stuff? Well, we'll help you learn that. Mm -hmm. But you're, as I've come to know you through the interview process, for example, you're generous and you're passionate about your faith. And these are things that we need in our diaconate. We need mm -hmm. in our church. We need generosity and we need passion. They know how things grow. They know how things <laughs> grow. They plant <laughs> seeds, right. right? They understand the sower of the seed <laughs> parable very well. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they can speak to people who live in that life. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's just it, you know, just understanding that and believing that you as a unique person, wherever you are, however you are, <clears throat> God has given you a call. And the same thing with marriage and family ministry. I think with uh, younger couples that we see especially, they're so busy with life and that's everyone's response. We're so busy, we're so busy. And we try to convince them to get busy with God and we do that with just inserting a few little prayers, some, some habits to build some virtue and so forth, but just a little bit at a time. Uh, and if you do these things a little bit at a time, big changes can happen. And again though, it goes back to, well, we're, we're just a married couple. I mean, we were married in the church. Well, you realize you have a sacramental marriage, right? Well, I think I remember that. Yeah, there was something about that in marriage prep. So you are called to be a beacon to the world through your marriage, through your family. And then you just see them go, oh my goodness, mm -hmm. how are we supposed to do that? Mm -hmm. And again, it falls back on, I've never considered myself in this way. I've never felt blessed in that way. Uh, I, didn't, I can't believe God would call us to such a lofty thing. And then trying to normalize all of that with mm -hmm. them. So I think one of the things we can do, especially with married couples, is really highlight how special this vocation is mm -hmm. and, and how much discernment needs to be a part of that because the call is lofty. Yes. It is not a default vocation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, is, it is a specific vocation to love a specific yeah. person in, yeah. in a specific place. And the privilege of, as it says in, in Ephesians, I guess it is, that I'm speaking about Christ's love for the church in yeah. your marriage. You are proclaiming, hopefully well, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're going to make visual that which people can't see is that I'm the groom, 
you're the bride. Now they need to see that into you. That's right. In you. What a calling. A huge calling. And if they and and let's be let's face it, it's you know daunting. Yeah. Uh, we can't do it without God. But to your point about we need to see it, and that brings us back to the book we're going to discuss. Yeah. Is how do we, you know, how does how do we show God to others? How do we help people encounter Christ by how we live our lives? Because if we if our words don't match our mm -hmm. our works, mm -hmm. then we get what I call, and I don't know if I've coined this term or somebody else might have it, but it's called I call it catechetical dissonance. Mm -hmm. You know, the opposite of harmony. Right. Like a, it doesn't sound right. Mm -hmm. The words aren't matching the works here, and and. Boy, you talk about one of the problems out there in the church is that dissonance begins to reverberate early on and our kids pick it up early on. Let me give you a real quick example. Yeah. About two or three years ago, uh, one of our middle children, this is right after the Lenten season, which is almost upon us, and now we can say Alleluia again. And so in the middle of the Alleluia at Mass, my son's pulling on my sleeve and he says, Dad, what's Alleluia mean? And I, first I'm kind of annoyed because it's right in the middle of Mass and I'm trying to sing and all this stuff. And I stoop down and I say, well, it means we praise you, Lord, and we bless you. You know, we love you. He goes, oh, are we supposed to be happy? Mm. And I said, well, yeah. He goes, well, nobody looks happy. Right. And you look around <laughs> in the immediate area and mm -hmm. the Alleluia looks and sounds like a funeral dirge, right. you know. And, right. and this, this is a seven-year-old mm -hmm. who's noticing that dissonance. And if, if people aren't living truthfully and faithfully, whether it's the call to marriage or a vocation like diaconate or whatever they're doing, if their words aren't matching their works, that dissonance continues. And so if there's anything we could say prescriptively is we have to be intentional about correcting that dissonance. Right. Well, yeah. and it, it's, it's what God gives to us of being an authentic Christian yes. witness, right? So like you said, our words have to match our actions. There is nothing that it's like that gong symbol. It's like, oh, this is so off. You yeah. know, I, I don't care what they say. They love each other. And Jim used to say this so well in our parish life when Jim was a minister. And he would say to the, our church family, mm -hmm. hey, if it isn't real here, it isn't real anywhere. That's right. And <laughs> my God's not going to be mocked. You know, it's kind of, and, and you have to live. And who is watching? All the eyeballs of your children. That's right. They're watching what you say. They're watching what you do. And so you could say, oh, I love God. And then you turn around and you're the meanest, most impatient, unkind dad. It's kind of like, dad, right, yeah. how does that match, right? And, and, but that's for us to keep us, oh my God, I, I need to be an authentic Christian witness mm -hmm. um, to my wife and to my children mm -hmm. and then in, out in the world. And the world is hungry oh, yeah. for it. And so yes. we have to, by God's grace and mercy, you know, we want to do that well lest our God be mocked, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Let's go further into the book. Mm -hmm. What's unique about it? What are the streams going through it? What are you trying to say in it? Yeah, so this is a unique book, I think. Um, first of all, the title kind of signals, you know, a question, what do you mean by they saw through God's eyes? And what I'm trying to get at is that faith, as much as it is a creed and a moral code and a way we pray, it's also how we look at our lives. It's how we look at ourselves and others. It's how we view God. It's a, it's a big word, great scrabble word. It's a hermeneutical key, you know. <laughs> it's how we interpret things. And the saints learn this and practice this kind of holy seeing. So, so saints uh, are those who can see the ordinary events of their lives and of themselves and their characteristics and perceive through them, where's God at? What does God want? Is God here? Yes, he is. How is God calling me today? They're just, they're practiced at this. This is part of their habit that they, 
they don't just see the world around them. They see overlaid the faith and the sacraments and, and the beautiful truths of the faith. And so that's what I was trying to drive forward and using the saints as just great examples of this. And it might help just to get into one of these yeah. things mm -hmm. yeah, uh, to kind of yeah, unpack a little bit more about what I'm talking about. So uh, my favorite saint, and there's another story connected, mm. but I don't know if we have time, mm. is St. Therese of Lisieux. Okay. And, and in there, in the chapter, I talk about St. Therese's call, uh, how she discerned, and then the struggle she had early on in the convent to figure out what does God specifically. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a person who's already mm -hmm. in the convent. Right. And they're mm -hmm. like, what, what, what does God want me to do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's reading through a letter of Paul, and she sees that God calls some to be teachers and preachers and this. And she's like, I'm not any of those. And, and Mart, I'm not any of these. And then she discerns but I, I, I love love, if you will. I'm called to love and to love in a way that I can, which is small and simple, but authentic, like mm -hmm. we were just talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. And that she sees, you know, yes, there are these specific callings, but she, through her faith, she's able to see also God calls all of us to love. So what's my personal way? And she's able to identify that mm -hmm. and she lived that. And now she's one of the greatest saints and uh, people appeal to her all the time. I know I do. Um, but something that makes the, the chapter and all the chapters in this book unique are the pairing of saints yeah. with contemporary people that mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting that they are saints. I hope they're saints in the making like we mm -hmm. all are. Otherwise, what are we doing? Right. <laughs> but, but at any rate, so and I and this is going to sound like brownie points and I don't really care. But the person in that chapter that I highlighted was my own mom. Mm -hmm. And the reason I did that was because she found her own little way to love. She's one whom, like I was describing earlier, I don't really have a lofty vocation. Mm -hmm. Who am I to do anything great for God? And, and by the way, sidebar, anytime I hear about that from somebody, and I'll say this from the Ambo, well, God used Lazarus, who was dead mm -hmm. to evangelize mm -hmm. people. You're alive. Yes. You've got a lot more going for you. Yeah. <laughs> so you use breath, it. Yes. yes. Mm. And so, but that's my mom. You know, I don't, I don't know about that. And she's always had a hard way, a, hard, a difficulty to express her love, especially mm -hmm. with her kids. Mm -hmm. So what she did, and she's always done this for birthdays or for significant moments with cards, she'd buy a card at the store and she would underline certain words mm -hmm. and then she'd mm -hmm. write like a little heart at the bottom corner of the card i never really realized how much that meant to me till one year my brother got this mm -hmm. from her and right. i didn't get one on my birthday <laughs> yes. oh i was irate where's the justice and right. uh, at any rate i let her know how special this was for me but the, but the whole point of this and the reason i included that in the chapter um to sort of pair along with therese is that my mom discovered her way and how she can love her children. And she loves in so many ways, but one special way is her card mm -hmm. underlining. Yes. It is like a love language for her. Right. She spends all this time. And that is so beautiful. And, and then to know that it was handpicked just yeah. for you and the meaning of yes. that. And we no longer have our parents here on earth. And so it's nice to have a card from the past. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, look, this is my birthday card yeah. from 2002. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just yeah. to have that and to say, because all of us need affirmations of love mm -hmm. all along our life's journey. Yes. Uh, we need to be encouraged. And who on the planet hopefully loves us more? Nobody than our mother, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, you know, you could count on your hand all the people in this world who love you. Mm -hmm. And when they start passing away, it's kind of like, oh, it's less and less and less, right? That's right? So in the beautiful way where we have this accompaniment and we have, we take this journey with the saints and seeing 
through God's eyes and ways where we can be encouraged right. to say, I'm just a regular person. We're all ordinary. All, all, every saint was ordinary, mm -hmm. but they did extraordinary things. Mm -hmm. Speak to us more about accompaniment. Sure. It's become pretty popular within yeah. the church these days. How is that in your book? Uh, what do you mean by that? Is the Lord accompanying us, are accompanying others? What does it mean? Yeah. How does it work this way out? Yeah, thanks for asking. I think that accompaniment really needs to be disabused. I think there is a lot of people who misunderstand what it means and treat accompaniment as some sort of reason for, for relativistic thinking and a sort of a moral relativism or, you know, 70s pop psychology, I'm okay, you're okay. It's all just about socializing mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. encountering people and we stop. But if you just take our Lord as an example or think of Jesus as the great companion, accompaniment then becomes how does Jesus, what are the actions and attitudes that are part of his ministry and his way of relating to people? And can I take away from those key moments in the gospel where Jesus deals with people in various situations, mm -hmm. how, he, how he does it? Mm -hmm. And I think it breaks down into a series of actions and attitudes like invitation, welcome, listening well. Uh, in the previous episode, I talked about listening to that woman's heart cry, mm -hmm. and I didn't hear it. Mm -hmm. I was not accompanying her well because I'm not listening to her. Mm -hmm. I'm just busy formulating what I hope God does in this moment. And similarly, as we move through a process of walking with people, we move from encountering them and actions that are really uh, pertaining to that, like going out of yourself, going out of your comfort zone to meet somebody, inviting, welcoming to things that you were mentioning in the previous show about praying with people, um, sharing our faith with people, and then even deeper to systematic, exp you know, explaining catechetically the faith and so forth. Mm -hmm. But there's a, there's a trajectory <laughs> here. And a real accompaniment always leads to God and yes. it leads to conversion. And these saints, the way they accompany us, accompany us is with their example primarily. And I was really trying to draw on how all these saints are practiced at seeing themselves through the, through the eyes of God, through their faith, and bringing that to light, like mm -hmm. using that in the world for, God, mm -hmm. for God's glory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we can have, and we all do, a broken image yeah. of ourselves. Oh, yeah. Um, we all don't see ourselves as God sees us. Mm -hmm. And Mother uh, Angelica always says, oh, I'm not having that conversation with God that I wanted you to do this, but you couldn't do it, yeah. Mother, because of your faith. Yeah. You know, you couldn't do this. But, but it's like, no, Lord, here I am. Whatever we need to do in this life, let's do it. Because I want plan A. I don't want plan B mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah, I, I remember her saying something like, she. Her greatest fear was facing God and God saying to her, look at what you could have done mm. if you believed. She said, I never want to hear that. So she steps out in faith. Uh, in, in closing, let's go to uh, jumpincatholic. Is that yeah. what it is? Jumpincatholic.com. Yeah. Real quick, what would they find there? Sure. Uh, your beloved wife, Stacy is working with you in this whole area. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yeah, that. She, she's really the, the president, CEO, CFO of all that. <laughs> she, she's, a, she's just terrific. Jumpincatholic.com was um, our, our little baby that, that uh, really grew out of a desire to just help marry couples and families to who all, as I said, many of them are like, who am I to do something great for God? Who are you not? Mm -hmm. So that's the spirit behind the website. So we want to have, uh, encourage them to jump into that river of grace, jump into that call from the Holy Spirit to evangelize the world through their marriage. And we create, we create little resources. I wanna highlight really quickly my wife's book and it's her first one. And, uh, the book is as beautiful as it highlights um, girls and their changing bodies and they have conversations mm. with their mothers about what does this all mean and how God beautifully designed mm. them. Mm. And they do activities together um, that really catechize about the beauty of mm. femininity in their bodies. And yes. just, 
She's just doing wonderful things, right. Stacy, and we are adding more resources day by day. Good. Deacon Matthew, thank you so mm -hmm. much. What a gift you are. Welcome to thank the EWTN you. family, and you graced us in so many ways. May the best be yet to come mm -hmm. in your life and your service to the Lord. So we're going to take a break at this point. There's plenty more to come. Father John Paul is going to be with us to reflect a little bit more on the time we've had with Deacon Matthew. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Well, Father John Paul is here, and Father, we want to hear your wisdom, your <coughs> thoughts on the beautiful sharing by Deacon Matthew. Well, I think he would agree, but I think it'd be great to have him and his wife back. Yes. Yeah. It'd be okay. great to, to have her mm -hmm. tell that side of the story um, and everything that's going on. And I just love the name of the ministry, Jump mm -hmm. In. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like all in. Right. I'm all in. Right. You know, you have no turning to, back now. <laughs> yeah, you have to be all in. Um, yeah, again, just just to thank God he's here. Mm -hmm. I mean, thank mm -hmm. God that, that um, you know, what the Lord did in his life and the, just the, the reality of accompaniment. Mm -hmm. um, I like how he said that that word can be abused um, and, you know, just look, looked at just uh, as just, uh, you know, there has to be social justice in the church, um, but uh, truth and charity together. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, throughout my life, there are so many, and I think your life too, and I know, I know both of your stories, mm -hmm. and there are so many er times in our lives where people have accompanied us and pointed us in the right direction, even when we didn't know mm -hmm. that the Lord was there or perceived that he was there. It's him all along. And we can look back now and we can connect the dots mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. um, but thank God that the Lord uses those um, chosen instruments, mm -hmm. those people right. you know, to guide us. And we, our response is we could repel them, right? Mm -hmm. Or we could, like Matthew was sharing, I just went with it, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. so many times, like, people reach out to us, and, <clears throat> and it, it is a risk. I mean, they could, they could reject you. They could reject what you're asking them to do, go to confession, go, I'm not going to do that. What are you, crazy? I'm not going to go to church with you. But it's an invitation. Well, and uh, I would say <clears throat> they took the risk, okay, the, the R word rejection, mm -hmm. but those people that accompanied him took the risk of invitation. Mm -hmm. You know, Mother Angelica used to say that, you know, a lot that I think that we need to take the risk, mm -hmm. you know, to just invite people, yeah. just to talk to people about the gospel mm -hmm. when we're out. Yeah. And sometimes we get too <clears throat> judgmental on people. He had a chapter in there on St. Augustine and he began it with something like desire, that, mm -hmm. that Augustine had these unbelievable desires and they were so unruly in so many ways, but he makes the point that desire is a good thing and that when he saw himself through the eyes of God, he understood that that was a, mm -hmm. a virtue, but you're misusing the mm -hmm. virtue. And, and mm -hmm. it's just so powerful that God could take even the things that we would judge mm -hmm. and say, no, that's a strength. It's just being misused and misplaced. This is how I see him. This is how I see you. 
and then you're set free to come to the Lord and to share with other people. Yeah. God wants to purify our desires. Mm -hmm. Even if our desires are, are leading us away from God, you know, He wants to redirect them. Mm -hmm. He wants to purify them. Uh, and that can be abused. Mm -hmm. our, our desires are holy, holy inclinations. You know, God wants to you know, purify them and lead, lead us to heaven, lead mm -hmm. other people to heaven too mm -hmm. as well. Great word. Close us with a prayer, Father, and a blessing, please. Sure. Family, may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may he turn his face to you and be merciful to you. May he show you his kindness and give you his peace. May the blessing of Almighty God be upon you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. Well, may we put into practice what the book is titled, They Saw Through God's Eyes. May you see yourself as God sees you. Don't be afraid. He may show you the, the good, the bad, the ugly, but how much he loves you and what he wants to do in your life that you could be set free, not only to accept yourself in the Lord, but to look with God's eyes at others and invite them to Jesus Christ, his church, his kingdom. God bless you and all of your loved ones. Keep it on EWTN now.